Um, so I said it's the first Sunday of January. And um, so we're going to begin a new teaching theme today, which is very exciting. Um, and throughout the fall, we focused on what it means to be human together, if you remember that, to embrace the full scope of our humanity and to do that with each other. And we'll probably still talk about that here from time to time because it's not like we ever really nail it. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I know it's something that I will continue to work on and to need to be reminded of. Um, we are forgetful of people um, and we have that whole lizard brain thing going on. So we're frightened too. And we need reminders. That's what we're here to do. Um, in fact, so much of church is about repetition, I think. Um, we just went through the season of Advent, and we'll do it all over again in 11 months, and we'll marvel at the same mysteries, like they're brand new. Um, we'll all probably express these mysteries in sermons that just repeat the lessons <laughs> that we just journeyed through this year. We'll say them a little bit differently, probably. Um, and you'll hear them a little bit differently, probably, next year, because we'll all be a little bit different, but mostly the same. Um, I like that about church for the most part. Sometimes it gets a little boring, <laughs> kind of. But confronting that boredom, I think, is also a part of what it is to be human together. Um, I don't think the repetition means we're not growing or evolving over time. I think we are, I think we do. Um, but I don't know about you, but I tend to confront the same struggles and learn the same lessons over and over and over again throughout my life. I've heard therapists talk about this phenomenon as a spiral. We'll confront the same lessons or issues or traumas again and again as we mature. And you know, uh, our perspective on these things might change over time, um, but the core wound or trigger or whatever it is that's still, that's still in there will come up again. Um, I think that's just how it goes. Um, I also think that the new year is a good time to remind ourselves that we are the same people we were 10 days ago. Um, I really love Nadia Boltzweber, and she likes to point out every new year um, that not one of our self-improvement plans will make us more worthy of love. Um, and over the past couple of months, the Leadership Collective has spent a fair amount of time reflecting on the values of this community and how we could communicate them in new ways in this season. Um, it's been an interesting process because we aren't really attempting to create new values, I don't think. Um, but we are trying to look closely at and consider what our values truly are as a church community. And throughout the process of doing this, um, we've read parts of Ephesians together, and we've done this in a few ways at a few different times over the last couple of months. Um, the end of Ephesians chapter 3 and all of Ephesians chapter 4, for the most part. Um, we've been reading those passages in a contemplative way together, um, and we've allowed or invited this ancient text that was written to one of the first Christian communities to influence our minds and our hearts. 
Um, yesterday we met again. Um, we called it a retreat, but we joke in our <laughs> use of the word retreat. <laughs> a little bit of work. Um, but yesterday we met again and we focused on just a few verses from Ephesians as we held the new values draft before us, asking ourselves if anything was missing. A few things were. Um, and as we, as we worked on that, we were also thinking about this um, theme, the teaching theme for this season. I don't know how long it will last. It's a mystery. Um, but uh, that teaching theme uh, will play with this idea you see here of being rooted in love together. Now, I'm using the word rooting today, the verb, as in to root in love together. But we'll all play with it in different ways, I believe. Um, so I'm going to read the passage in Ephesians that we've been looking at, uh, or just a little bit of it. It says this, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. I pray that, according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faiths as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So that's the end of Ephesians 3. And then chapter 4 is all about unity in the body of Christ. Um, and I'm hardly reading any of it today. <laughs> but um, this is something that Paul writes about in different ways to several churches. Um, but to the church in Ephesus, he says it like this. Is that right? Yeah. No. Oh, I'm going the wrong way. No. Isn't that the one you want? Come on now. Yeah, that is, that is the one I want. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So, uh, this is how he says it. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with, with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. So then, putting away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth to your neighbor, for we are members of one another. Um, so I'm just um, wanting to pull out this, this part about um, from whom the whole body joined in it together by every ligament with which it is equipped as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth and building itself up in love. So just hold that in, in your mind. And then that last verse, verse 25, Rachel um, pulled to the surface for us in one of our first values workshops. Um, and then she talked about it here so beautifully in the fall. Um, as she asked us to consider what it might mean to be members of one another and to consider um, what it might look like to take that seriously. Um, and this led her to a beautiful and vulnerable um, 
sharing from her journal about what it looks like in her, you know, the, her, her confrontation with humanity, her own humanity, I guess. Um, so that was, so that was beautiful. Um, on New Year's Day, I got to Bible Tisens with a lot of you. A lot of you were there. Um, not as many people as usual because so many people were sick. Um, but uh, while I was sitting there, I'm like looking to see if the person in, who talked to me is in the room, uh, and I don't think they are, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, I was asked how I was feeling about my role at the church one year in, in particular. Um, and I really appreciated the question uh, and the chance to say something about it in a real and personal way. Um, what I would say, what I've said most of the year, what I did say, is that I'm deeply grateful. I keep saying that. I'm grateful and humbled and surprised. I'm going to talk about those things a little bit. Um, I'm grateful. One of the things that I'm so grateful for is to be working alongside this leadership collective. <clears throat> Um, in particular, um, I want you to know something about them and their role in my life right now. They are really teaching me um, how to surrender to love, which is to say, what I think is to say, um, how to live out these values I profess in real life, IRL, as the kids say. Um, not an easy process for me uh, because a lot of it is about um, accepting you know who I am and then accepting their love and letting myself be seen in all the mess um, so the next thing I said to the, this person who asked me this is um, I mean this is a quote I mean it's obvious to me that I'm still the student this is true it's really true I don't feel like the teacher at all. And I'm not saying that to minimize my role or responsibility or leadership even. Uh, it's not false humility, and I don't think it, it's a skewed perspective of myself. It's just true that for me, this year has largely been about facing my own fears, reluctantly. I am trying to let go of my attachment to perfection. Um, and I know you can't really tell, but internally, I've been kicking and screaming my way through it. I don't want to let go, you know? Um, I wish surrender could be serene, but it doesn't seem to be going that way for me. And the work itself does imply a struggle of some kind. The, or the word, sorry, itself does imply a struggle. Um, maybe you can relate to that. Despite my own resistance, though, I've experienced love reflected back to me in the hearts and eyes and care and tears of those closest to me this year. Um, I think that what this has done is water the soil I'm planted in. Um, I'm a transplant, after all. <laughs> I'm still kind of new. And I am rooting into this community and into love itself. Um, but the truth is, there's a deep struggle within me to consent to and surrender to that love. And 
that's why I need you, and that's why we need each other. Um, so Rumi writes this. Your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. Um, I wonder if you relate to this. I think you will relate to this in one way or another. Um, and I'm just wondering if we could pause here um, to, to think about that and to share maybe um, ways that you experience barriers uh, to love within you, if, if any come to mind. I think the word love here means intimacy, mm -hmm. uh, close relationships, and trusting. And um, when you carry wounds over decades of your life and don't address them, you realize at some point that your life has always been about finding a place of safety, security, which means that the basic rudimentary tools that you use was control, was isolation, was pleasing, um, and developed into codependency and stuff. And then one day, uh, the trials are enough to break that shell and to have you look at yourself and see why you're so afraid of these things. And, why you try to control the outcomes which you never succeeded to mm -hmm. and then you're thankful that you were not able to and you're thankful that you're in a place of finally seeing yourself as you are and <clears throat> like mel gibson told uh, robert downey jr embrace the cactus hug the cactus <laughs> you know, it's like okay it's it's who you are and it it's it's like the illusion leaves and i think that's when you're able to start the journey uh, toward love and letting love come to you in a way that's not um, a checkbox a checklist you know um, he or she needs to have this or that or this job needs to give me this or this position needs to give me this or whatever it is that we seek that would fill that that emptiness that we feel because the message from way back when was you're not enough you're stupid you're weird you're not acceptable or whatever but then you realize that these voices were lies but you've wrestled with them in so many ways that you became an expert somehow and so you thrive in drama and trauma or whatever in crisis until you realize that it's really self-destructing and you don't you can't find yourself who you are anymore because you develop this persona of you're the fighter and whatnot you know so I think vulnerability is an, uh, is the, the pathway to let love come and removing the barriers would be to not tell people why they should love you or why they love you, <clears throat> but letting it happen mm -hmm. and just being there and just, mm -hmm. just being there, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm.
sorry for being long. Uh, I think you should do a talk, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you so much, um, uh, and all of it good and true. Thank you. I like what you said, Andre, the, the line of, instead of telling them why they should love you, or what the things, mm -hmm. and I think so much of that is like, yeah, you're, you're trying to prove something. something that someone wants me to be or fit into your family in a certain way or, you know, whatever. But yeah. so I'm not just trying to be something that I'm not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or show you why mm -hmm. I'm worthy of your love or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I relate to that. Oh, yeah. just be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jess, this mm -hmm. um, comment might not be in the proper spot, but um, ever since a few minutes ago when you said how grateful you were, mm -hmm. I just, and I know I've said this before, but I just want you to know we're grateful too for you. Really, really. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. You, you are in this talk in a few minutes. I'm just <laughs> Yesterday was Epiphany. Uh, it's the day we celebrate the Magi's recognition of Jesus. Um, it's a story full of wonder and mystery and meaning. The Magi came from the East by following his star, the Christ star of the newly born King of the Jews at its rising. Um, I threw this in for fun. Um, <laughs> you could think of Epiphany as one of the great aha moments. <laughs> it's funny, it has nothing to do with my talk. <laughs> this is by David Hayward, the naked pastor. Um, you could think of Epiphany as one of the great aha moments in the Bible. Aha, God is with us. And it's kind of hysterical. God is a baby, it turns out, in a manger. Aha, God is speaking to astronomers through the stars. Aha, God is manifest. Aha, God is here. I read this this week um, by James K.A. Smith in an article for the Image Journal. Um, and he writes this. Epiphany is about a manifestation 
an unveiling of glory. But it seems to me that living into epiphany is about bringing the incarnate attention to the entirety of creation, to live Epiphanically. Can, can you do it? I practice so many times. Epiphanically. Epiphanically. <laughs> uh, the question mark and explanation point is in his writing. So he's also confused. <laughs> um, is to see how the human and the created have been hallowed, redeemed, unveiled for what they are. Sites of divine dwelling and disclosure, vibrating with Shekinah, God's presence. So a curious inversion happens at Epiphany. The manifestation of glory rebounds to make the mundane shine brightly. In the wake of incarnation, where is God not? I love that. Where is God not? That's it, hey? God is here hiding in plain sight in you, in me, in all of us together. Um, there's a mystical line by William Blake that Thomas Merton quotes. It says, we are put on earth for a little space that we may learn to bear the beams of love. Um, and yesterday at our meeting we talked about how we respond to love with love. That's what really what we're doing here. We're just responding to love with love. Um, and I laughed and rolled my eyes at the recognition that when it comes right down to it, it's all about love again and again and again. And I feel like people are asking, like, can she get over it? <laughs> Um, I keep trying to say it in some kind of original way, but I don't know if there is one. The only thing original is that love has never taken this shape, my shape, before, or yours. And that's what makes this so fun and not boring at all. We need each other to know God, to know love. So love is here. Love showed up in us this year. Jan, you have been a voice of love to me over and over again. Thank you for interrupting <laughs> and being yourself. Yes, you can say something always. Um, thank you for just being here. You all, you keep saying, I'm so grateful that you all are here and we are so grateful you are here. Um, Peter, Peter, now I haven't said this out loud and I hope it's okay, but particularly in the wake of the Fitch's retirement last year, in our chats before church, you would tell me that you missed them and I would say, me too. And then you would say, but you're doing a real good job, dear. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And that yeah. was the voice of love to me this year. Thank okay. you. Yeah, so I think this is how we ground and root ourselves in love together.
Um, we water the soil, we soften it up, um, and then we let these roots of love grow and deepen. And as we do that, we begin to nourish each other like forests. We become an underground web of interdependence. And we remember, like remember, <laughs> as we remember together that the ground of all being and of our very existence is love. And that love has no limit at all. So I look forward to doing that with you this year. Um, I've asked Raymond and the band if they would come and um, sing that last song again, which was beautiful. And maybe we just lay our plans for the year at the feet of love.
Yeah. 